message that God's been working on me all week long with. And uh, the title of it is Don't Bring Your Stuff to Sacrifice. Don't bring your, and, and I've got a pictorial image on the screen for you. Um, so many times I'm afraid that's what we look like when we try to come to God. We have our carts loaded down with everything that he thinks, that we think he might want. sometimes we think we have God figured out. This, this, uh, next, script, uh, this next picture kind of gives you a different illustration. Same concept, but uh, <laughs> he really knew how to load his cart down. And so many times when, when we come to God, we, uh, we approach God with that perspective. God called Abraham when Abraham was 70 years old. At 75, Abraham received the first promise from God that his seed would be a great nation. Now, keep in mind, Sarah was 10 years younger than Abraham. So, at 85... Sarah being 75, when Abraham was 85, they felt the, the pressure of Sarah's age and her childbirth years vanishing. And, of course, we would say at 75, not vanishing, gone. And they contrived a plan that Abraham would take Sarah's servant as a wife, and the servant, Hagar, would bring a son to Abraham. Ishmael was born. This happened 10 years after God had promised Abraham that he would be the father of a great nation. But Ishmael was not God's plan. When Abraham was 100 years old, 25 years after that first covenant that God made with Abraham, at 100 years old in Abraham's life, Isaac was born. Isaac was about 15 years old, and Abraham then would have been about 115 years old when God spoke to to Abraham in Genesis 22, verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I, or here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. You see, the Bible says God was testing Abraham. He was not tempting him to sin. God does not tempt us to sin. God does not put us in compromising situations where we will fail in sin. 
But God was testing him. He said, take your son. God tests us to see if we will obey him, to see if we will follow him, to see if we will do what he wants us to do. Hebrews eleven seventeen says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, take your son, your only son, the one that you've waited 25 years for, the one that was promised and given to you in your old age, and take him and offer him as a burnt offering. Not just, not just a sacrifice, but a burnt offering. A burnt offering was, the sacrifice was totally consumed by the fire. A burnt offering was a specific type of sacrifice. And the, and the sacrifice that was placed there was totally consumed. Genesis 22.3 says, So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his son, uh, to, to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And as they began that journey, the Bible says they were three days, uh, they, they were three days off. Uh, they were just, they were within striking distance of Mount Moriah. They began that journey, uh, journey and Isaac noticed that there was no sacrifice. In verse 7, he said to his father, my father, and he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. I find it very compelling what God was asking of Abraham. He wasn't asking for just another offering. He wasn't asking for just another sacrifice. He wasn't asking for just something out of the ordinary. You see, Abraham was a very wealthy man at this time. He could have brought God a very impressive sacrifice. He could have had lambs and goats and rams. And he could have surrounded the mountain with altars. And he could have had multiple sacrifices of lambs and rams. And he could have had them all over the place. He could have covered. He had the money. He had the wherewithal. He had the servants. He could have put a tremendous show on for God. But no, God was only asking for one thing. One thing. The very thing that Abraham had invested his life in. The very thing that Abraham had poured himself into. The very thing that mattered. The most valuable thing in Abraham's life. 
The Bible doesn't say it, but no, I just have no doubt that as Abraham traveled, he heard the words of God, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Basically, God is telling Abraham, of all the wealth that you have, of everything you've got, of everything that you've put together, of all your successes, Abraham, that's just stuff. I don't want any of it. I don't want any of it. So my question to you today is, what has God called you to sacrifice? As you come before God today in worship and as you come before God to hear the word of the Lord spoken, did you come today with a bunch of stuff? Did you pile your cart full of junk so that you could pull it here today and present it to God? When people come to God in 2021, that's basically what they want to do. They want to bring a bunch of stuff. They want to give God baggage and think that it's sacrifice. They want to bring their sins. So God, here's my sins. They want to bring their bad habits. God, I'll give you this bad habit. I'll give you this bad attitude. I got some grudges. I'll throw those on the cart. I got some anger over here. Let me dig that up. And uh, I've got some bitterness that's tucked away. Let me, let me bring that to you. And I got frustrations. And I got impurities. And I got failures. And I got shortcomings. And I'll bring those to you, God. Now, now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, God's in the business of helping you with all of those things. I'm not, that's not the point. God wants you to help you with those, but I want you to know those are not sacrifices. Though that's just stuff. That's just garbage. That's just refuge in your life. And he'll help you deal with that, but that is not what he wants out of you, and that's not the sacrifice that he has for you today. There are others in 2021, and perhaps you're here today, that might try to bring God your accomplishments. Let's pile those on the cart. I've been successful in business, Lord. Look at this. Let me bring that to you today. I've got a good job. People like me on the job. I do, I, and I know my job well. I've got a great, a great career going. I, I've, got, I've got this award. i got, I got this award. Let me, let me pile this award. Let me get this award. Let me take it down off the wall. Put it on the cart and bring it to you. Because, oh God, this is a great award that I received. Education. T- 
T.F. Tiddy, who, uh, who since gone on to be with the Lord, was one of the great leaders in our organization. He used to tell the young people something that was so very important and very, very accurate. He used to tell them, get a good education and then get over it. We want to bring our education to God, put it on the cart, God. This is my sacrifice to you. Our community achievements, our cars, our trucks. Wow, impressive. Our savings account. Or, or maybe our 401k, doing well, huh? Yes, God, isn't this great, God? Oh, I've got a great personality. I'm going to give that to God. I just, I just light up the room with my ego too. I'll let God have my ego. It's so great, so wonderful. Our houses, such wonderful. Land, farms, our reputation. I built a great reputation in the community. Mm, interesting, what did Paul say about Jesus? He said Jesus made himself of no reputation. But yet we're looking at our reputation, saying God might want this. This might be a sacrifice for God. Our associations, our friendships, and whatever could else be committed on this list, I've come to tell you God is not impressed. He doesn't want any of your accomplishments. He doesn't want your stuff. One of the most arrogant positions that you can take with God is to think that you've got anything that could impress Him. Don't bring your stuff to the sacrifice. You think about your stuff. Abraham could stuff circles around you. God didn't want his stuff, and God doesn't want your stuff. Genesis 22.9 says, And when they came to the place which God had told him, when they came to the place, my question for you is, will you ever get to that place? Will you ever arrive at that place where Abraham arrived, where he was ready and willing to take his son and put him on the altar? You're never going to get there. You notice the fourth verse of Genesis 22, we've already read it. It says, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. You see, that's as far as, that's as close as some people ever get to the place. They see it in the distance. They know where they should go. They know where they should be. They know what they should do. They know what commitment. They know what, what they should do. But it's afar off and they never quite get there because they're never willing to do what it takes to make that final leg of the journey so they can arrive at the place that God wants them to be. Verse 9, when they came to the place of which Abraham had told God, Abram built there an altar 
and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. Just a little footnote here. I, I marvel at this, at this chain of events or these, these events that happened right here. Abraham's 115 years old. Isaac is 15 years old. How is Abraham going to overpower Isaac? A 115-year-old man is not going to tie up a 15-year-old young man. Unless that 15-year-old has so much respect for his father and for his God that he willingly puts himself and allows himself to be tied up and placed on that altar. What a tribute to Isaac right here. He laid his son, he bounded Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham reached out his hand and he took the knife to slaughter his son. He's really going to do it. How could Abraham do such a thing? How could Abraham place the only thing in his life that mattered on that altar and bring that knife down upon him to slaughter him? Because Abraham had that much confidence in God. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the 19th verse says, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. So, I, so Abraham was putting Isaac on this altar and was saying, and, and if you remember, I didn't take the time to point it out as we read it, but if you remember it, you can go back and read it. He told his men that waited, I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and that's the King James Version, uh, and it, but uh, we're going to go worship and we're coming back. Because if I bring this knife down upon my son and I light this fire and I consume him, it doesn't matter Isaac and I are walking off of this mountain. He had that much confidence in God. The 11th verse says, But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand upon the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God seeing that you have not withheld your, only, your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Let's go back to verse 12. Verse 12, he said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now... I know. For now, I know that you fear God. Now I know. Abraham was called out of his homeland when he was 70 years old. He's now 115 years old. It's been 45 years and just now, the words are spoken, now I know that you fear God. 
I might have a note here to all the righteous and all the judgmental people here today. Just give us some more time. If it took Abraham 45 years to get to this point, it might take some of us a few years to get to the level of righteousness and holiness that you expect and demand. Do I need to repeat that or did you catch that? Give people time. Let people grow. Let God do what only He can do. So many times we want people to jump through this hoop and do this and become that and become... It took Abraham 45 years to get here. That's why around here I have a strong policy that we'll give people a chance to grow. We'll give people, we'll let God work in their life. We'll let God help them. We'll encourage them, we'll love them, and we'll do what God wants us to do, but we'll leave God's business to God. And let the church, everybody say, amen. Amen. We have to understand the theology of sacrifice. To really, to really understand this this scripture and what, what all of this means to us. You see, sacrifice is the act of giving up something highly valued for the sake of something else considered as having a higher value or claim. Giving up something important, giving up something valuable For another reason, for somebody else, for something else that has a higher claim. And when you come before God and you stand at the foot of the cross today, you have nothing valuable. You have nothing worth sacrificing. All you have is worthless stuff. When you come before God, what could you possibly offer him? The psalmist said the earth is his footstool. Heaven is his throne. Another psalm says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Many years ago, the songwriter wrote and said, The cattle of a thousand hills my Lord already owns. Everything that you think you've got, he already owns it. There's nothing that will impress him. But there's only one sacrifice that will make you clean. There is only one sacrifice that will make you in right standing with God. Ephesians 5, 2, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 
Hebrews 10, 12, but this man talked about Jesus Christ after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, set down on the right hand of God. You come before God, you need cleansing. You come before God, you need to bring sins and you need to have sins washed away. You come before God and you need to be brought into right relationship with him. There's nothing you have that you can offer him. But there is one sacrifice and that is the man Christ Jesus. His life at Calvary, he became your sacrifice. Let me talk to you about this sacrifice. For those here today who perhaps have seemed to do better in life than perhaps somebody else, you're no better off than the person that made a mess of their life. And to the person that might be here that's made a mess of life, that's okay. Because Christ's sacrifice is for you just as much as it is for anybody else. It's for all mankind. You see, if you want the sacrifice of Christ, you have to come to the cross. And at the cross, there's no VIP spots. At the cross, there's no special places. It's for everyone It's for those who have made a mess of life. It's for those who've made mistakes. It's for those who've made big mistakes according to man's standards. And it's for those who man says have been successful also. Because man says success, but that doesn't mean God says success. At the cross, everyone is equal. At the cross, no one has anything of value. At the cross, everyone is the same. At the cross, there's no judgmentalism. No one judges anyone here. Not a chance because everyone here has sinned. Romans 3, 23 says, For all have sinned and and fallen short of the glory of God. And literally translated, it says all are continuing to sin and falling short. It doesn't matter how great your voice is and how much talent you got in, in, uh, in running a media or teaching Sunday school. Or Sunday school, listen, I'm going to the old times, right? In teaching kids' church. It doesn't matter how talented you are in the nursery or whether you can make the greatest latte at the end of the foyer. It doesn't matter how good you are at any ministry around this church. Everyone has to come to the cross and everyone is sinning and everyone is coming short and everyone needs the sacrifice of Calvary. Verse 24 of Romans 3, and are justified. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Verse 24, and are justified by his grace. What is the word justified? Just a a little quick definition. Justified means just as if I never sinned. Let's look at this again. Let's go back to verse 23. For all have sinned and are continuing to sin and are continuing to fall short of the glory of God. And are made just as if they never sinned by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I have no sacrifice. 
that I can load on my cart and bring it to him for my sins. I can only come before him and say, yes, I take your sacrifice. I accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I hope you get over yourself today. I hope you get over anything you've got. I hope you understand that nothing can wash away your sins. Nothing you've got. Only the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop there. After you get his sacrifice, there is something he wants. And it's not a cartload of stuff that you've got. After you accept his sacrifice, Romans 12, 1 says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Catch that. Your spiritual worship. Your spiritual worship is to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. There's nothing else you have that he wants, just you, just your life. Seek first the kingdom. And you may, you, may ask, you may ask me today, okay, so how do I accept this sacrifice of Christ at Calvary? 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the Bible tells us that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's what the early church went and preached and taught, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when I want to accept Christ as my sacrifice for my sins, I come to his death in repentance. In repentance, I die out. In repentance, I crucify my flesh. I become buried with him in baptism. Baptism in Jesus' name. I associate with his burial in the waters of baptism. And then... I'm filled with his spirit, and when I receive his spirit in my life, I am now associated with his resurrection. And when I have done that, I can come before him and I can say, okay, Lord, there's one more thing I need to do. I need to give you my life. I need to give you everything I've got. Now, now I'm one of yours. Now, now I'm part of your kingdom, and my, my life on this earth is only for the kingdom. That's why I'm here. Stand with me now. All the other things and all the other accomplishments, that's stuff, and God doesn't want it. And God doesn't, doesn't care about it. We're going to respond to the Lord here as the worship team leads us in, in worship. And I want you to come. I want you to come and 
respond to God today. We're going to do things just a little different.